As I said, having a roundtable discussion today, and uh, as we add to the number, we'll have them introduce themselves. If you want to find out more information online right now, you can do so at uh, john17movement.com. That's john17movement.com, and that's john, the number 17, movement.com. And uh, somebody that actually was the first person that I heard speak on this particular topic at Living Streams Church. How long ago was this, Joe? That that this that you started uh, being in the in the church uh, at Living Streams when we had, I think there was one event before that. Then Living Streams was the second one. Yeah, it was February of last year. So February of last year. That's when I first heard of this. Was excited uh, beyond measures. Being you know the name of the program is Koinonia. Uh, my heart is that we are. To work together in the body of Christ. Joe, uh, introduce yourself and then uh, uh, tell us a little bit of your role in this particular movement. Yeah, well, my name is Joe Tassini and I live here in Scottsdale and also in New York City. And my, um, <clears throat> my role is I'm one of the leaders or facilitators, I think is even a better word, one of the team members of John 17. And what is your background as far as um, you don't come from the traditional... Uh, theological background of uh, the pastorate and everything is that, is that right? No, I, I come from that background as well, and but business as well. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of multifaceted. I, I'm kind of like I'm, our creator. <clears throat> yeah, let's just say I was born in New York <laughs> in New York City. I was raised in the Roman Catholic family. Um, I had a major encounter with uh, Jesus in Berkeley, California. From there, it led me into seminary training and being an ordained minister, pastoring church and churches, and um, and then took a turn when my dad had passed away, went back and helped my mother, and actually was involved in marketplace, in the marketplace. And for those that understand their role of a Christian, you're in full-time ministry, where whether it's vocational or not. It's something else we'll probably talk about. Jeff, why don't you... Uh, there has been a vision uh, message crafted for this movement. Let's lay the foundation with that. Well, I believe the leadership team here, uh, Joe and Bishop Navarez and Gary and Peter and probably many others, but Joe has crafted this. I think it's a very succinct vision statement. It reads like this. The John 17 movement is a contagious call to all professing Christians to relate together properly, beckoning us to embrace the final prayer of Jesus. On the eve of his death, he pleaded, Father, may all who believe in me be one so the world will know you sent me. This final plea stands as the most authoritative strategic direction for followers of Jesus. As we respond, the church and all her rich diversity will emerge as the attractive city on a hill potently demonstrating the authenticity of Jesus' claims. Well, that's good. And I told you guys that I was going to ask some of the tough questions and some of the questions that I get when I talk about this event and this whole attitude change. And let me start with the first one uh, from the evangelical side. Well, I don't believe in the Catholic theology, why would I want to partner with them in this type of way? 
Which uh, uh, Bishop is here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could just start off by saying, I would I would venture to say that most people who make that statement don't know Catholic theology. They just know it from the outside. I I, I think most people who make statements about theology are just making statements from what they've heard or experienced rather than what they actually really know. Mm -hmm. Jeff? Bishop? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Thank you, Joe, for that uh, insight. Uh, I do believe that um, what we're talking about here in John 17 is not theology. What we're talking about here in John 17 is a movement of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, the Holy Father has made mention that theology and theologians have their place. At the same time, theology is not going to unite us, but the Holy Spirit will unite us through our common baptism and through our common sonship in God, one God and Father, who is over all and in all and through all. And so this message is coming from the Holy Father himself, Pope Francis, and he's the one that's leading the way for Christian unity. He's the one that has for many, many years uh, had very close relationships with Pentecostal and evangelical pastors even while he was the Archbishop of Buenos Aires in Argentina, and he continues to meet with them now, being the Holy Father in Rome. So uh, he's the one that is setting the tone for all of the Catholics to be more open and more welcoming and broader in our uh, concepts of God and of Jesus Christ. Mm. Theology can make us very narrow. God Jesus and the Holy Spirit calls us to be broad and especially not just loving those who love us but loving the marginalized loving the stranger loving um, even our enemies who do evil and ill to us so Jesus and the message of the gospel is very very broad and not limiting And this is, I think, what the Holy Father is calling us to today, to be very broad in our application of the gospel Mm. and calling us to the unity, which is the core message of Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus says, as the sun rises on all alike, as rain falls on all alike, the good and the bad. So also, God's love is for all of his children. In heaven, there will not be Catholic or Baptist or Evangelical or Lutheran or Methodist. In heaven, we will all be one. And the more that we can live out the message of John 17, verse 23 and following, the more we can live that out now, the more heaven will be lived on earth. And that, my friends, is what Jesus Christ wants for each and every one of us, Mm. to live now in that love of God and love for one another as we will all live in heaven. Mm. I want to just add something. When I was in uh, theological school, 
the question came up, this very question is a theological question. What is the line of demarcation amongst, you know, there's so many variety of types. We have, uh, I was in a town where there was a Baptist uh, ministerial training school. There was a Pentecostal one. You know, there's a variety of them. <clears throat> so what, what, how do I know I'm in fellowship was the big question. And we had this real question. And I'll never forget how the Greek professor was very clear. He said, here's the one question you can ask. And using the old language, what think ye of Christ? Mm. Is he God or not? Mm. And you'll find that those who profess the deity of Jesus, that that is, I am in fellowship with those people. Mm. We may not agree about every word that is spoken in the scripture. We may not have our eschatology the same. We may not have our soteriology exactly. But we know that Jesus is Lord. Mm. And that makes me in fellowship. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think exactly what I wanted to say is... What do you want to major on? Mm. Do we want to major on Jesus or do we want to major on my denomination? Amen. And, uh, and I think it is a theological decision to major on Jesus. And so I, I think Joe said is, is exactly what this movement is marked by is even, even take out the statement, well, we, we don't want to uh, divide on what we disagree on. We want to unite on what we agree on. We're just saying at the core of this is who do you say Christ is? And I think uh, any Christian who has any conviction in who Christ is and any Christian that has been filled with the Holy Spirit has to be truthful and say that they can't, they can't divide out who's in and who's out based on other types of theologies at this point. I know that I don't want the rocks crying out, plain and simple. As long as I have breath, I want to make sure that the rocks are silent. That is my foundational thing. And I also know that Christ is the one that's called me and made the sacrifice so that I can have that relationship with the Creator. And my audience knows, I love to say this, the Creator of all that is, was, and ever will be wants a relationship with me so much so that He sent His Son to mend the wound that was caused by sin. Mm. Now, there's a lot of other stuff that goes along with this, and we talked about it before the program today, and I want to focus on a little bit, and we may run out of time before this first break, but the deceiver delights in sequestering and separating us. Think about your own personal prayer life. I just had the opportunity to screen a movie uh, Tuesday night called War Room. It's the latest from the Kendrick Brothers. It's coming out later this year, but it demonstrates the unrelenting truth that prayer does matter. It matters in our relationship with the Father. It matters in our relationship with each other. And if we're called to prayer, if we're called to that relationship, aren't we called to love one another foundationally? Amen. Simply? In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25, correct me if I'm wrong, what are we going to be judged on? Mm. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Hello? How did I how Jesus did I told us, <laughs> what are we going to be judged on? Not how much is in the bank, not how many Ferraris we own, not how many stories our house has or how many diamond rings we have. What are we going to be judged on? Jesus tells us, in black and white. 
I was hungry, and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was in prison, and you visited me in the hospital, and you helped me. My brothers and sisters, what we do to the least of our brothers and sisters is what we do to Christ. And that's what we're going to be judged on. And all of us need to respond to the call of Jesus. Forget the denominations. They, these are our brothers and sisters, the most needy, the most vulnerable, and those are the ones that need our help as Christians. We're going to continue the discussion. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360. This is Koinonia. 